The views and opinions expressed on WXOJLP are solely those of the original hosts of their respective programs. These views and opinions do not necessarily represent those of Valley Free Radio Incorporated, its volunteers, or any other hosts, guests, or programs on this station. Good evening, and welcome to Civil Politics here on Valley Free Radio. WXOJLP 103.3 FM out of Northampton, Massachusetts. I'm host Michael Dow, and with me tonight are Sue Timberlake hey there. and Stefan Ward Wheaton. Hey, hello. With the inevitable Mr. Roberts uh, running the board. Uh, we would love to hear from you uh, during the show and after, and if you'd like to get in touch with us, uh, you can do so in a few different ways. Uh, our Twitter handle is at CivilPoliticsFM, as in frequency modulation. Um, on Facebook, we are facebook.com slash civilpoliticsradio. We also have email, which is civilpoliticsradio at valleyfreeradio.org. And of course, we also have a website, which is uh, quite simply civilpoliticsradio.com that has recordings of previous episodes of the show, links to things we talk about, supplementals and whatnot. I think there might be a donate button on there somewhere if you want to support us directly. Um, though, uh, I should also mention that coming up in what, uh, like week, uh, weekend after this one is the Valley Free Radio, uh, fall fun drive that's coming up. We hope you'll, uh, the 5th through the 11th of November. So we hope you'll be supporting us then. Um, this is an all volunteer station and, uh, it, uh, operates on a bit of a shoestring and none of us get paid and, uh, we certainly appreciate your support. Uh, yeah, and Halloween's next Tuesday, so, um, I don't know, what are you going as? <laughs> <laughs> I stay home and defend my house. My my neighborhood has all these teenagers. It must be really good for candy, because we always get hammered. We have bags of candy. So, so in other words, you're going as a Republican fighting back against the freeloaders. No, I would never put up any Republican signs during Halloween. Are oh, you God, kidding no, me? no, no, I don't mean that. No. I just mean it's like, get away, all you kids want a handout. Metaphorically only. I yeah. give candy like there's no tomorrow when oh, really? it's in my best interest. Yeah. <laughs> See, there... And lighten like a true Republican. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Small government unless I need it. Uh-huh. So you're going as a shy Tory. <laughs> oh. Exactly. Precisely. Stefan, how about you? You going as anything? I have nothing prepared for Halloween. I've I've been a lamo this year. Although I did just get my hair cut, and my hairdresser told me I should try for a Wolverine or werewolf outfit i'm not sure where that's coming from but i <laughs> my sideburns are gonna have to get some significant row gain if that's uh yeah. in the cards for me yeah, before tuesday so at least away. fair enough uh i was thinking i mean i'll be at my uh, i'll be home with my mom on tuesday night handing out candy but i'm thinking i may uh, dress up as a uh, you know a uh, marvel agents of shield kind of thing oh, could I've you got... come by my house just to defend it <laughs> <laughs> i'm sorry i can't be in two places at once maybe i can have one of my life model decoys uh, be yeah. there for me i have a cardboard of mike up in front of my house there you go <laughs> It would be perfectly <laughs> lifelike. <laughs> and then and then the rumors would start, you know, his father was an investment banker. Oh, will <laughs> get you run out of town. Good thing you live in East I'll Hampton. I'll have to flee to the Hamptons. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I thought this was the Hamptons. Northampton, East Hamptons. Further into the Hamptons. <laughs> yeah. I'll have to stay in Kennebunk all year. <laughs> I can't believe I have to winter here. So, yeah. <clears throat> 
So, um, uh, uh, Sorry, I was trying to remember if <laughs> I had another thing. Are we going to go inter- international? <laughs> yes, yes, I think we will. Yes. So um, uh, the thing I, I, I'm sort of noting this week that uh, you guys both were chatting about before the show uh, is apparently it's possible Spain is going to like sink into anarchy and civil war, and won't that be mm. fantastic? Uh, the northern, uh, I don't know, region of Catalonia. Yes. Um, uh, is well, uh, there are people. There, there are politicians there. There's a segment of the population there, and the leadership in the parliament, <laughs> in their regional parliament, that wants to be declare independence, to be the nation of Catalan, Catalan or Catalonia, um, and not just part of Spain. Um, <clears throat> it's the it, richest part of Spain, right? Yeah. Isn't it, it's, well, um, it's where Barcelona is and stuff like that. So, arguably, yeah. I mean, Madrid's the capital, but. Yeah, I think it's got um, all kinds of things that make it a more um, uh, well-heeled part of Spain. Well, there's, there's, they you pay know. a lot more out in taxes. Than yeah, they get well, back. especially compared to the rest of Spain, which has been undergoing a pretty, like a lot of places, and especially Southern Europe, been undergoing a pretty bad recession with a lot of unemployment. Yeah, um, especially in the center and the south of the country, and I think Catalonia. There's been long-standing tensions between. Catalonia and the rest of the country, or at least the yeah. center, but this has exacerbated it. And they have they have like their own sort of dialect slash regional accent that's pretty distinct. I mean, like they say Barcelona instead of Barcelona. Catalan. Yeah. And uh, the actually, Basque, the Basque separatists were like that too. Well, right? the, in uh, well, Spain. Basque is a, just a different language. It's Basque not even <laughs> it's not even a Romance language. It yeah. is a unique language family with one other modern language that has any connection to it yeah so they were pretty strong oh yeah years ago about trying uh, to separate ETA yeah Yeah. I remember back in 1990 uh, is that 20 years ago I guess it is (laughs) we're like 30 almost 30 (laughs) yeah um But when I was at university, I was I was spent uh, Christmas there, 1990, and uh, I remember there was some. Uh, it was also because it was the build up to Operation Desert Storm. Operation Desert Shield was happening, and uh, there was uh, a lot of concern about uh, ETA attacks. While I was there, I remember because hmm. uh, I was up in Zaragoza, or yeah. Zaragoza, as uh, you know, people spelling it in English would say. So I don't know. Anyway, um, so they took a vote a while ago, and then they they put the vote on hold in Catalan, right? So that they could negotiate with Spain. Well, they took a vote a couple of months ago, yeah, yeah. and and there was a lot of violence. I, yeah. I think we remarked on it at the time, but like there were right. people being, you know, riot police coming out and beating people, uh, you know, trying to get to the polls and whatnot. They specifically shipped in um, the the equivalent, the Spanish equivalent of the National Guard, essentially, from other parts of the country because they felt that the local Catalan police would be too lenient. Um, and in fact, there was video taken of. The Catalan police kind of stepping in and, and just putting a hand out saying, hey, you're, you're going a little, you're Far. being a little too hard. And they got shoved out of the way and <laughs> basically treated like an, anyone else, anyone, uh, another of the protesters, which only inflamed tensions, yada, yada, yada. But they did yeah. vote to separate. They did. And then the president of Catalan well, put it on hold, right, to try and deflame well, it a little actually, bit. Actually, just about the... <clears throat> I'm sorry about the uh, the uh, election they had that that vote that referendum. 
Uh, it wasn't approved. It was, you know, they were told to knock it off by the central government. By Spain. Right. By, by the Spanish was, central government. But it was approved government. by the local guys. Right, right. But yeah, I mean, right. like, the national government said, this is an invalid uh, uh, referendum. Don't hold it. Mm -hmm. That's why they called out the cops. And it's worth noting that— um, And they're more independent than, like, the state of Massachusetts is more closely tied to the U.S. government than yeah, yeah, Catalan. Yeah. It's like a—not a territory, but it's a—they have more— There's regional autonomy, autonomy. kind of like the Scottish Parliament in, yeah. in the U.K. Mm -hmm. um, well, but the— the the point I, I just wanted to make is a number of people who support staying in Spain just stayed home. So, like, they had, like, of the people who turned out for that uh, that referendum— It was 50-50 or something. Well, 90 percent of the people who turned out voted to uh, uh, become independent, to secede. Mm -hmm. But on the other hand, that means 10 percent didn't. So and I'm sort of wondering, like, you know, if you turn out to vote against— leaving Spain and you get beaten up by Spanish riot police, I wonder how that changes your vote. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Does yeah. It? <laughs> it's like, on the other hand. <laughs> well, and now that they've taken it right. off hold, they actually voted to leave. Right, right. Yeah, and they're starting to take steps with the Constitution in Catalan, not the Spanish Constitution. So Spain did what you guys were talking about, which is they turned around and sort of um, basically have disbanded the parliament and they're going to... The local government. Yeah, and the Catalonia. police chief of Catalon, Catalonia. So, yeah. And yeah. they're really going to do a little strong arming. And yeah. for the people that were against um, separating from Spain, <laughs> what in the world do you do with that? I guess you're you're glad. <laughs> I guess I don't know how you'd well, respond to that. It's it's come to the point where uh, sort of there's no real diplomatic room for for each side to maneuver. Yeah. Is there? I mean, no, is there anything just, other really. than like yeah. violence? Yeah. They're throwing gasoline on it, and Spain is being really. Um, yeah, the the central government in Madrid has uh, not been, shall we say, conciliatory, uh, which is is strange. And and I'm not. I don't have enough of a good enough a handle on the internal politics of Spain to be able to say why. But considering that there is a long history in Iberia, in the you know, the Spanish Portuguese peninsula of this kind of re these kind of regional local governments, and that the Spanish constitution specifically maintains uh, room for these, you know, region for this regional autonomy for regions like uh, not only Catalonia, but the Basque regions and others, Galicia up in the northwest. You'd think there would be more of a, a pathway, I guess. Yeah. But yeah. obviously there's a line and the line is actual sovereignty. And but it's you know the uh, Mr. Rajoy I think is the way to pronounce it who's the actual Mariano Rajoy he's the actual prime minister of Spain proper in Madrid has basically just they, they've dissolved the local parliament as you said called for new elections in December I think yes and until then uh Catalonia is, is supposed to be administered directly from Madrid which to me I think is probably the thing that is going to rankle more oh, yeah. than any, because that Even is exactly the people that were against yeah. Uh, right. separating. Yeah, they're yeah. like, hmm. Well, and, and upon the return of after Franco in the 70s, I believe, the return of democracy to Spain was predicated on the idea that of avoiding exactly this situation this behavior. where where <laughs> Madrid would, would, would exercise unitary control yeah. over the outlying provinces. So this, uh, th I can only think this is going to inflame tensions. I've seen at least there's massive strikes called for Monday. Several, several labor unions have come out um, in, in Catalonia against this, obviously. And but who does this, who do the strikes hurt? Does the central government care? 
I don't know. I mean, again, this is... Yeah. I, I think the central government cares about strikes and disruptions regardless of, even even if it is to some extent, like the, the separatist, you know, cutting off their nose to spite the face yeah. or whatever. Like... You know, if, I if you run a country, taxes. you don't want you don't want unrest and disruption and right. and and protests and strikes. Yeah. You know, it's just it's. But I think a better way is to just stop paying taxes to the central government. <laughs> oh well, yeah. That, well, that may be the next step. That, I mean, that, that never creates things. <laughs> and no, it's promise. not as though there's not a history. You know, th- I mean, really, there's a lot of regional tensions going back to before the Spanish Civil War and the Spanish Civil War. Catalonia was the heartland of the anti-Franco, anti-fascist resistance from the Republican forces. When they were um, resisting, right? Yeah, well, and they were the last bastion, basically, um, in that fight um, that slowly moved across the peninsula, and that I think left those those resentments are still there. Yeah. Um, and so that sets up the kind of antagonism, I think, between this region and the rest of, but of Spain. But who would have guessed that this would just all happen just like this, just so quickly? Well, one thing I would actually uh, like to, to recommend to uh, listeners who want at least a primer, an introduction to some of the tensions mm-hmm. involved. So there's a, a podcast I've mentioned before uh, done by a fellow named Mike Duncan called Revolutions. It's very good. And... Um, so he started talking about the American Revolution, English Revolution, American Revolution, French Revolution, things like that. And um, uh, last year he started uh, on June twentieth of twenty sixteen. He started a, a, a whole show where they were talking about. Um, he was talking about the um, uh, wars of Spanish independence uh, from in the Americas, mm. and um, he laid the groundwork talking about all the various Spanish territories in the Americas fighting for independence by talking about how Spain had developed politically leading up to that and afterwards as a consequence of it. And one of the things that was really interesting to me, the whole episode is definitely worth listening. The whole series I think is fantastic, but the episode is a great sort of history of Spain in a nutshell. But one of the things I thought was really interesting was he pointed out that you had these different regions, you know, like Columbus is, was financed by Ferdinand and Isabella, mm-hmm. you know, Ca- you know, uh, he was king of Aragon, or Catherine of Aragon, and he was king of... Castile? Castile, yes, yeah. you're right. Yeah. <clears throat> so, and those are just two chunks of Spain that are now, you know, modern Spain, mm-hmm. and we think of them as like Spanish kings and queens. And they were kings and queens in Spain, but not of all of Spain. Right. And how... When uh, there was actually uh, a Habsburg, one of the Habsburgs became monarch of all of what we call Spain today, uh, the title was, I think, monarch of the Spanish or or king of the Spains, I think it was. The The, Spains? The plural (laughs) Spains, yeah. Uh, So just like it's a totally different approach. and like it's tribal uh, areas in Afghanistan. Too? Well, tribal areas like in Afghanistan, or the way some people wanted to think about the United States as the United States are versus the United States is. Mm. You know that whole like, yeah. are we fifty states or one? And that actually has been something of a tension. Um, uh, fortunately, um, I don't know, or maybe unfortunately, but it has it has played out differently than the way it did in Spain, and we haven't yet had a fascist dictatorship <clears throat> fingers crossed on that one kids mm-hmm. um but uh anyway it it was a good uh sort of introduction it told me a lot of stuff i didn't know about spanish history and how that nation had developed 
which is, I think, worth listening to. It's it's a really great series altogether, especially telling me things I didn't know about. Right. The history of the Spanish Wars of Independence from their territories in the Americas and mm-hmm. so forth, um, which is kind of separate from what we're doing here. But it's a, it's a good introduction if you want to learn more about, like, Spain and its sort of ethnic tensions and whatnot. What's the name of this? uh, The the podcast is called Revolutions. Revolutions. And in particular, uh, he he did it in chapters. So like first one is English Civil War. Second is the American Revolution. Third is the French Revolution. Mm. Uh, Fourth is the Haitian Revolution. And number five, which is the one I'm still listening to, is basically talking about Simon Bolivar and other important figures in sort of the the wars of liberation in the Spanish-American territories. Mm -hmm. Um, So episode 5.1, which aired June 20th of last year. I was just checking on my phone. Um, That was... uh, uh, that that was where he talked about that. So that that's okay. that's worth a listen. Um, but I mean, you know, only when you're done listening to civil politics and, and enjoying <laughs> Obviously. Our, our back catalog. Have you seen the European Union? They were all tap dancing about. You yeah, know, it makes everybody really nervous about. Well, this, <laughs> this is the the larger <laughs> geopolitical context is that the EU is already on pins and needles. There's already because Brexit. Brexit. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Brexit, and there's especially you know I, you know you know who else is is thrilled is going like go Catalonia. I'm sorry, I said, go Catalonia! No, I can't do a Scottish accent right now. It's oh, terrible. yeah, there you go. Yeah. Right. Oh, <laughs> it's great. It's we'll send them haggis. <laughs> it's, yeah, Scotland is certainly, I think, watching this with great interest. Yeah, yeah. and Northern Ireland too. Um, yeah. Oh, certainly. Yeah. Well, and really, it's especially and the Kurds. And yeah, the Kurds. good, good point, point. John. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, because that is exactly their fight right now, the Kurds, and we uh, use right. them. And now, and, and now Turkey's, Turkey's an EU gonna, member. Yeah, and Turkey's going to um, like blast them to smithereens. Turkey and, isn't an EU member, but they yeah. want to be. Excuse me, NATO. They're a yeah. NATO member. They are. They, they do want to be an EU member. Yeah. Um, the EU has because there's, there's big money there. Yeah. yeah. Um, but that we've seen. Do you think Texas will secede? Just I kidding. <laughs> oh, geez, opening up cans of worms. But <laughs> yeah, uh, this, I think the issue for, as far as the EU I goes hope is not, that is my answer to that. that <laughs> there you go. Sorry, um, there is, um, especially as like the economic issues with the EU have kind of. The EU is very unbalanced between Northern and Southern Europe, especially. Who has money? Um, who has economy? money? Who has the resources? How the structure and the regulatory apparatus of the EU seems to favor some states over others. And the loser has been, and we saw this with the Greek. Uh, especially know, the Greeks. The Greek crisis. But it's th- there is elements of that in Italy and Spain as well. Yeah, absolutely. Southern Europe is long been disadvantaged economically and i think it's felt by a lot of those areas that that disadvantage has continued and been institutionalized by the structure of sort of the eu as it stands what and so in massachusetts boston versus western right. mass you know boston <laughs> i mean and i guess because people are powerful they do end up with the more of the stuff yeah. right i mean that is it's where most well, people well are happens, so wealth right? accumulates that's what that's, democracy uh, does that tends to be a, a facet of what you would call yeah. marxist analysis and so do um, enemies and yeah. so do enemies <laughs> well but i mean also uh sorry well sorry no, that's fine. <laughs> uh, i i actually had to sort of a, uh, a point i wanted to make about that so cut me off if i've made this before or whatever but just one of so one of the tensions that has been sort of in the forefront i think or bubbling in our national conversation uh, since November 8th of last year is the tension about, like, the Electoral College and the various states and whatnot. And uh, how does a democracy work? So in theory, 
uh, uh, are we a democracy of territories or democracy of people? Mm. And in that, I mean, like, if it's just a matter of one person, one vote, then it shouldn't matter what state they're in. It's where, like, sure, where the people are concentrated are going to have more influence over areas that don't. But, I mean, that's just, if it's one person, one vote. It should be peop- one person, one vote. Yeah, right. Yeah. But, if, uh, but if we're a democracy. But it's not exactly. Well, but if we're a democracy of regions, mm. then it's not one person, one vote. It's it's one region gets a certain pool of votes, and the voters in there control that, and, and that's how the Electoral College works. And so in the state of Massachusetts, it's one person, one vote. So since Boston has, you know, like east of Worcester has, what, two-thirds of the state's population? Three-quarters? Something like I, that. I forget. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, our esteemed producer is probably looking it up right now for me. 351 towns, though. <laughs> right. So, you know, well, even then, there's more and smaller towns out east. But it's just like, you know, if we went to some kind of electoral college type system or like a, you know, a countywide voting <laughs> system or whatever, we would have more regional power. So, like, that's the upside to that kind of approach, which I hate the idea of with the Electoral <laughs> College. And so I'm I'm resigning myself to... Boston will still wag the tail. I mean, wag the dog. Well, yeah. that Boston is the dog, and we're the tail. We are. I mean, in, right. terms of, in terms of human population. And is it about human population, or is it about territory? Or another way to put it is property. Because that's one of the reasons why people care, used to, you know, voting for a long time in the Western tradition was about mm-hmm. property rights, you know? Like in, in the French Revolution, active versus passive citizens. And being an active citizen meant how much money do you have? If you have enough, you're active. You get to vote. If you don't, then you're a citizen but not a voting citizen. And, right. you know, that that's one of the reasons why John Locke, life, liberty, and property was so important. But look at what you were saying about Samoa last week, you know, and it, those poor guys that, you know, they're I not agree. even— oh, Right, the I American c- territories that don't have representation. Yeah. Okay, A, unfair remembering things I said. <laughs> <laughs> because I certainly don't trouble to do that, and it's wrong of you to do it. Um, but, but second, yes, exactly. Yeah, I, I, in the end, I— in the end, I personally mm-hmm. uh, come down more on the side of one person, one vote, and mm-hmm. territory and property don't really play into it. Well, and this is something we're going to see happen more and more I'm in a class the states. <laughs> yeah, well, <laughs> as has been well evidenced on this show. Um, but we're seeing increasing urbanization in the U.S. Our rural areas, even here in Massachusetts, are losing population. Our cities are growing in population. That I think is exacerbating this very the issue because I you I have been in so many arguments about the electoral college since the election of last year in 2016 when once again the second time in my lifetime which is not a terribly long lifetime we've had a popular vote that with a different outcome than the electoral college vote and so a more the, egregious one and this the, one yeah, yeah was it three million votes yeah exactly yeah. it's which exactly is a lot it's more of votes. pronounced yeah. <laughs> And it's so the well, question it was 500, is like five hundred thousand last time, which is yeah. enough, which is enough, yeah. but yeah, right. And so the question is like, how can we justify this? What is the justification for we consider ourselves a democracy? We're always, bu- pu- uh, you know, pumping our chests about freedom and you know, uh, life, liberty, and pursuit of happiness, etc. So how do we justify a result that countermands the popular vote? And the argu- the first thing that defenders will tell me is. I don't want the big cities controlling everything. And of course, you know. Is that code for black people? Just, well, it's. I, think it's I actually don't think view. it is in this case because what they're talking no, about it's are. not. Okay. Just checking. <laughs> okay. Thank you, genre. Um, 
Well, I mean, you know, I mean, I, I I, that may be part of it, but that's not the speci- it's not specifically like Some a cultural like I don't that, think it's an for othering Jews, right? happening. New I York think values. That's, yeah, isn't that the that, did, that didn't come. It was more like I think people, um, especially that, in agriculturally, oh the two coasts prominent we regions, hate the two coasts. Yeah, right. Yeah. And this is like, the heartland, and this this really has values. This well, place. yeah. That so I've have heard those arguments, and I've sort of just dismissed them. The more trenchant. Well, and argu- to be fair, I think we all agree that like. Man, California sucks. I mean, don't we all hate California? <laughs> I love California. It's the wrong. It's the wrong coast, right? <laughs> I no, bicycled up that coast. I bicycled uh, up that coast about twenty years ago, oh, and it was bad. spectacular. Yeah, it's a great um, state. I, I got to say, every time I've been to California, I've oh, really been impressed by it. See, it's gorgeous. See? Yeah. yeah, so every state has its. But I'm still stuff. a cranky Yankee. And, <laughs> <laughs> anyway, okay. well, this is the what the the most compelling argument I hear is like from people in sort of small towns or farming communities in the Midwest is is that people like people in large cities they don't respect rural life they don't respect they don't realize the <laughs> they don't prioritize agriculture they don't prioritize they don't sort of understand farming they think we're a bunch of backwards hicks and they don't they you know, yeah. why would I want to give power to more people who live in those areas and and who presumably have those values and they're squandering and w- our resources well, and you know have no love right. of the earth or anything. Well, and I think yeah. that that I don't really agree with that. No, I don't because you know I, for one thing, there's a lot. I think urban farming is coming back for this exact reason is because mm-hmm. people are waking up to the fact that our urban experience is very atomizing and and sort of dehumanizing. And they want to get back to this experience of community and of the land. But I do sort of, I think we are in this polarization, not just politically and geographically, but in terms of our kinds of living conditions, where we're kind of, there's less of, even within our country, there is less of an ability to understand the lifestyles and just the day-to-day existence of somebody living in a very different, even a different part of the state. I mean, when I go to Boston and I'm talking to people who have, you know, they may live in Boston, they may be from Boston or not, but they've lived their whole lives in a very urban milieu. Mm-hmm. And I'm trying to sort of explain to them what it's like living where my commute is like I'm behind a tractor for half of it. <laughs> and that's a normal everyday occurrence yeah. on like a one lane road. Mm-hmm. It's just like, they're like, how can you live like this? And I'm like, well, there's all these Why other not? benefits. benefits and, yeah. I, you know, I can get fresh food Farmer on a farm stand. Yeah. I mean, Sue, you run a show called Farm to Fork that touts many of these benefits. Oh, but. it's it's hugely important in this area. Yeah. I think one thing that... Uh, I think one thing that uh, a lot of people forget is that the just because just if the if we get rid of the the electoral college, then the power isn't going to go to the cities because there's not enough people in the cities to control the entire country. Right. Uh, there there are far more people living in places like this, but across the country that would that would have an overriding vote, and plus. If we got rid of the electoral college, then candidates would have to go to different places. They would have to actually Not go just through. New and Iowa. Exactly. Well, that's yeah. the, that's the thing that um, if you take all of the of the most populous cities, then it, it it seems like a lot of people. But in terms of the three hundred fifty million, three hundred twenty, yeah, three hundred twenty million. I keep thinking it's three. 
fifty. But um, it will be. It, well, it's, a t- but it's still a tiny percentage. Yeah, though. It, it's, oh, it's, not, it's a very it, tiny. It's it's not a it's less than ten percent. People living yeah. in urban areas. No, I think people living in urban areas are significantly more than ten percent of the country. Well, at this it depends point. how well, wide the cities. You go if from you the take city. like the top twenties, because 20 people cities. are thinking about L.A., they're thinking about um, New, LA, York, New York, Chicago, Chicago, um, and then you metro, get down New Jersey metro. Yeah. Well, then you get yeah, down to places in like. Iowa and things like that like the biggest cities hold a lot of people but they're not holding like if you just take the the top five cities they're not holding the bulk of people um and a lot of people forget about that you know they if you if you just give if you just do a popular vote then the if the entire midwest thinks one way then just because they're um the people are more disparate doesn't mean that that's going to take away any power. Well, I think I, I think the idea is that the three hundred thousand people who live in North Dakota are going to have a lot less sway, relatively speaking, mm-hmm. because they won't be like a hundred thousand voters or people per electoral college vote uh, the way it is. You know, they'll be instead of like three out of uh, five hundred thirty-eight, they'll be three hundred thousand out of three hundred twenty million. But, <clears throat> and I, I agree with you, like. Um, it's worth remembering, like, of course, everybody, every right-thinking person in Massachusetts, you know, despises Donald Trump, you know, yada, yada, yada. But truth is, Donald Did Trump— Did you see the signs? Yeah. <laughs> right. Exactly. No, but but as we know, I'm, I'm very lefty and I don't like Donald Trump. But the fact is, the man did get a million votes here in Massachusetts. I mean, he got smoked. Hillary got like 1.8 million, I think, or something like that. But he got a million votes. So at a liberal mass, at a liberal mm-hmm. Massachusetts. So yeah. I mean, if right. if, it, if it came to a matter of like there was no electoral mm-hmm. college, you know, Massachusetts suddenly is isn't like a place that's not worth his bother, right? You know, because like and Hillary if, Clinton got forty something percent in Texas, right? Where I are mean, those votes, right? right. So yeah. like, think if, about if, North, uh, Northern California, yeah, uh, to, just the most populous state. There there are a lot of conservatives there. Oh, there yeah. I mean look at their look Around at their Stanford, state legislature. Mm-hmm. Well, so if Orange you County? Yeah, well, so if you have a um if you have a population, if you have a uh one person one vote system, yeah. then those those conservatives that will uh in that state will have more power. They'll count. Well, and they're more likely to turn out to vote because exactly. it's, it's worth noting, you know, California is where a big part of is where Hillary a lot of Hillary's overall popular vote advantage came. That in New York, you know, because right? they spent they like took a month to count up all the votes for her and stuff like that. And California has a solid majority of people who vote for Democratic candidates and lefty things and whatnot. And so all that's true. I mean, I don't. Yeah, I, I see the time. I, I think it's fair that Trump would to say that Trump would not be. Um, uh, you know, wouldn't expect to like win a majority of the votes in California, but I wouldn't be surprised if a bunch of people stayed home on election day because they were like, eh, you know, none of the people I'm going to vote for are going to win, um, or you know, my local area, I know that good old Republican guy is going to win, so that's fine. I don't need to go, and you know, so I think there might have well been depressed voter turnout. So all of this suggests that there could be greater ter- greater participation. So. I don't know how that connects back to Catalonia, yeah. what we were talking about. Tribalism. <laughs> I don't know. Well, so, and nationalism and, uh, you know, all so, the... So do you, yeah, right. So do you think uh, if we can get rid of the Electoral College, that'll uh, uh, enhance tribalism in the U.S.? Or will it actually maybe throw a bit of, you know, sand on the fire? 
I think it would actually do a lot to get rid of this red state, blue state mentality that both of everyone great. has been talking about. This idea that states are these monoliths and that it pits it pits states and people against each other in a ridiculous way. It doesn't match with the reality yeah. at all. And maybe seeing the map in a much more granular way would make it clear that purple states. Yeah, we're 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 all a shade of purple, really. If you look at the country as a whole, look at the and word district by district. We could stand to be reminded of that. There should be at least one part of our electoral process that recognizes that there is not red America and blue America. There's the United States uh, of America. Two thousand four. What an innocent time. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Whatever happened to that guy? Yeah. Oh, jeez. They're know. not purple states. They're black and blue at the moment. So. Well. Um. So we'll talk about Tennessee later, maybe. I don't know. Yeah, and we could also talk about, uh, 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 frankly, I think some some ill-considered Republican plans to change the tax code, which I'd love to hear you talk about, Sue, because I don't know if you, I don't even know what you think about them. I mean, yeah. you know, I don't know if you think any of them make sense. Well, you heard me say last week that it's a tax increase given the standard deduction versus the personal exemption. I'd like <laughs> you to talk about that yeah. some more, actually, and explain it. But I think... Uh, this would be a good moment for us to take the uh, requisite uh, break at the half hour, uh, play some PSAs and other announcements, and, you know, uh, collect our thoughts. So we're going to take a short break here on civil politics. Don't go away. We'll be right back. This is Andrew Farris of NXS. Hi, this is David Santos with Eddie Japan. Hi, this is Midgeoff Multiple. This is Charlie Crisis, Eddie Lundzen. Hi, I'm John Waters. Hello, this is Mary Gold of Alphaville. Hello, this is Daniel Ashburn. Our house turns on fell and love and rocket. And my name is Wendy, host of Subculture, a music program featuring new wave, electronic, indie, and funk music. You can catch my show every Friday night from 8 to 10 p.m. But if you miss out, no worries. Subculture replays Sunday mornings from 2 to 4 right after OK Asia right here on Valley Free Radio. Table of Contents is a weekly music program that assembles an assortment of songs and sounds of many genres, and which may entail literally taking a random collection of musical sources off the shelf and giving them a turn on the table or spin in the CD or tape player, each week presenting shows which can at times be organized orderly and at other times perhaps be not as much so, yet never dull. Tune in Friday nights, 10 p.m. till midnight on WXOJ LP, Northampton 103.3 FM. The Lily Library is filled with adventure and wonder for kids and adults of all ages. Lily Library in downtown Florence lends books and movies to everyone. They offer free parking, free Wi-Fi, and two-hour sessions on Internet-connected computers. They also offer extensive programs for children, including story hours, clubs, and activities for teens, as well as adult programs. The library is open Tuesday and Thursday evenings, Saturdays and Sundays. Find out more at lilylibrary.org. Hi, I'm Amy Goodman, host of Democracy Now! You're listening to Valley Free Radio, WXOJLP 103.3 FM in Northampton, Massachusetts. Today, community broadcasting is more important than ever. Corporate interests affect what music we hear on commercial radio, and real news and opinion take a backseat to ratings and profits. Valley Free Radio is owned by its members, operated by volunteers, its programming created by your friends and neighbors, and it's wholly supported by the community. Please consider going to www.valleyfreeradio.org donate to support free speech in the Pioneer Valley. Thank you so much. Hi, I'm Charlie. I fight fires and I save lives. My name's Renee. I'm a cardiologist. I save lives. My name's Anthony. 
I'm an EMT. I save lives. You don't have to be a professional to save a life. Firefighters, doctors, and others save lives. You can too. Don't wait. To learn more about the warning signs and how you can help prevent suicide, visit save.org. In a crisis, call the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline at 1-800-273-TALK. Press start to continue. Video game remixes, nerdcore, hip-hop, and chiptunes from across the internet. Tune in every Monday night from 9 to 11 on Valley Free Radio, WXOJLP 103.3 FM. And check out Facebook.com slash Start to Continue for links to show notes, random game news, and podcasts of previous episodes. Press Start to Continue. All under needs to know. And we're back with Civil Politics here on Valley Free Radio, WXOJLP, 103.3 FM out of Northampton, Massachusetts. Uh, we had to switch it up behind the microphones just a little bit. Stefan's on the board now. He'll probably still be speaking. Herb. Alas. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, we've also got uh, uh, sitting in to join us uh, our occasional guest, uh, uh, host of uh, Evidence Based, uh, uh, the one, the, the immortal Stacey Cooney. Pinch hitting, yes. Yes. <clears throat> Um, you're, you're pinch hitting for Stefan, so be all like millennial and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Lol. <laughs> um, I like internet cats. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Oh, um, I, I gotta say, uh, totally not about politics, but it just made me happy was, uh, uh apparently a young woman, a young girl, 12 year old was kidnapped in Ethiopia. I think the idea was she was going to be taken off into like sort of an arranged marriage kind of thing. And uh, the kidnappers were thwarted because a group of lions attacked them. <laughs> uh, apparently drawn to, you know, the cries of a child for help. The lions were like, hey, wait a minute. And they, they drove the guys off and, and basically sat and around. she with, survived. They sat around with the girl until her family showed up and then they left, right? Yep, pretty yeah. much. Yeah. yeah. Um, they're, oh, the new Tarzan is Tar Tarzania, or yeah. whatever her name is. Tar <laughs> well, Tarzania. I yeah, I don't know if uh, the lions would have eaten her if they if they waited longer, but you know, <laughs> it's hard Depends to say. Depends on if it was males or females. Yeah. Actually, yeah. usually the the females are the hunters, right? Yeah. Well, they do the work. <laughs> <laughs> and then the lion, the male lion, eats the eats yes. the meat, chases everybody away. Yeah. Well. <clears throat> Sounds good to me. Wait, no. Um, <laughs> but regardless, also, bear in mind, we're talking cats. And, of course, cats might be like, bored now. <laughs> Pretty much. So much as I love them, cats can be jerks. <laughs> so anyway, um, yeah, so... Uh, we were talking about taxes, but also about the um, that little deal to fix Puerto Rico. By the way, if we go to Atlantic time, guess who'll be in the same time zone as us? Puerto Rico? Puerto, Puerto Rico. Rico. Yeah. And and uh, Nova Scotia. And Nova Scotia. <laughs> yeah, Massachusetts is discussing it. They're going to vote on November 1st. I, I'm still, in the end, personally, if I've read the the meridian lines and the time zones correctly, um, we're still pretty close to the median line of the eastern time zones. I think for us it actually makes sense well, they're to gonna be. Drop, are we, though? They're going to drop the daylight median? savings. I, well, it so, goes all the way over to Chicago. Oh, I, mean, I know that. But the point is I think it extends further west because chunks of, like, Ohio want to be in the same time zone as New York and Washington and whatnot as opposed to— uh, right, you everyone know, because, like, it's political as opposed— chose, yeah. yeah. Like, there's, there's the geography of, like— Time at Greenwich, 
And then it's, I think it's every 15 degrees, degrees of yeah. um, latitude is an hour? I think so. Yeah, because it's 12 hours. Well, 20. I don't remember. Well, the most important. 20, 360 degrees around, 24 hour zone. So 1.5 chunks. So one Sounds po- about fif- right. 15 yeah. degrees latitude. No, longitude. Longitude. Thank you. Sorry. <laughs> I can do that. I'm glad the, we have a science editor here yeah, today. Thank so. you. My um, most important. Yeah concern about this or actually like is that you drop daylight savings time yeah i was gonna say okay that's that. really that the advantage right. huge for me well yeah and and no unfortunately everybody else is moving so that makes it a little dicey when you're trying to figure out what time to well call. indiana manages yeah. um and also it's worth noting actually you know who else manages um is arizona indeed the state True. of arizona does not observe daylight savings which means that when california switches they go from being on mountain standard to effectively the same as Pacific Daylight. So most of the year, they're in the same time zone effectively as California. That is and that's tribalism. Why they do it. it really is tribalism. And it's, <laughs> well, it's good it's for worst. commerce. <laughs> it's good for business. Mm-hmm. Right. You know. Another hour of daylight we would get. Well, it's also funny because Europe versus America. So Europe has a different day when they switch over. So sometime, yeah. for like two weeks or something... They haven't yet switched over, but we have. Yeah. Oh, I thought I just couldn't do the math. No. I've been like screwed up for years, and it's just that they were... Oh. Well, in part because we moved, we've moved it around. Yeah. yeah. Just, <laughs> even just in this Oh, century. I remember that when yeah. that moved. And it costs a lot of money in terms of IT because all those programs have to be rewritten to switch at the right date and the right time. And, mm. and everybody did it when they changed it. I remember that. A lot of work for IT people. So. Well, you know, as John Oliver has said... How is this still a thing? <laughs> How about we build a big space mirror and shine light down? <laughs> Just make artificial daylight. Mm-hmm. Slow your roll there, Doctor Evil. I was going to say <laughs> that's that's not that's not how science works. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> so, uh, uh, speaking of uh, plundering, uh, well, speaking, pl- we talk about plundering, or we talk about how things work. Um, I don't know. Sue, you, you, you picked. Do you want to talk a bit about Puerto Rico and this lovely no-bid contract? <gasps> I would love to talk about that. All right. Well, then <laughs> let, I was going to say that or taxes. But, yeah, let's talk about mm-hmm. let's talk about corruption because taxes are complicated. And corruption, man, that's pretty simple. And that sure <laughs> smells like it to me. Oh. Uh, uh, anybody want to sort of say, no, no, this is a very sensible deal? <laughs> so if you don't know what I'm talking about, in a nutshell, uh, there's a company out of Montana called uh, Whitefish, I think. Yes, That's thank you correct. for writing it down, Sue. Whitefish. Whitefish, yeah. <laughs> One feels like it should be catfish. <laughs> uh, could you explain why for the older viewers who don't know what that means or what that references these days? So in my uh, capacity as the Stefan uh, <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> pinch hitter, uh, catfishing is a internet phenomenon where someone who is not a uh, very good person or old and gnarly or alternatively <laughs> not particularly attractive will uh, project a different persona and uh, try to lure people in with uh, often fake uh, profile pictures and the like in order to uh, entrap them into things uh usually relationships wherein eventually money and things are exchanged. Oh, so in other words, I, I, I try to convince them, no, no, I'm Cindy Crawford. Really, I am. Indeed. By the way, I need money. Pretty much. Yeah, that that that, that would work. Oh, this is kind of the opposite that they, they uh, somebody else told people to use these guys, we assume. 
because yeah. it was no bid, right? This mm-hmm. is Puerto Rico right. rebuilding the grid, which needed right. to happen four weeks ago. So, so the uh, the yeah, the company had uh, I think it's only a few years old. Uh, two lot, years old. Two years old. I think uh, this two summer employees. it had two employees, one of whom was named uh, his name. His last name was apparently supposed to be Techmansky. Which, of course, could actually be his name, but Techmansky? It's spelled. It's almost too good. T E C H M A N S K I. It could be. I mean, it does happen. There are, you know, certain people who end up having those kinds of names. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But. But nevertheless, I'm like I'm, I'm almost wondering if it was fake paperwork. Uh, but more to the point, uh, uh, who's the cabinet Zinke. official? Zinke. Thank you, Ryan Zinke. So it's his hometown. His hometown. And his son worked, worked for the company. For was it a summer? Stefan knew that answer to that. It was a short period of time. His son worked for them. I believe that's correct. I don't have the exa- I don't have the yeah. length of time, but we can. right. Yeah. <coughs> so they've gotten. So th- they knew each other. Right. So they've gotten a three hundred million dollar contract without bidding. Yeah, which was new news. I didn't know it wasn't bid until today. Oh yeah, yeah. it was no bid. No yeah. bid. And um, they're going to rebuild all of Puerto Rico's grid. And then promptly privatize it. Well, it is privatizing by the way they are (laughs) structured, right? Because they'll just take rent for whatever they invest. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and and regardless, even if they weren't, it's like... How are they capable? They're not even an electric company, really. Well, and they're they're in Montana. This is pretty good. I don't know if you guys have seen this yet, but the Daily Beast got a copy Mm -hmm. of... You may have seen this, Stacey. I haven't seen it yet. They, um, <laughs> I have the, the deal made with this company on behalf of um, the, uh, what is the name? Pre- PREPA, uh, the Puerto Rico Electric Power Authority. Oh, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. What is, is, there's two money quotes. One is, in no event shall PREPA, the Commonwealth of Puerto Rico, the FEMA Administrator, the Comptroller General of the United States, or any of their authorized representatives have the right to audit or review the cost and profit elements. And it also (laughs) states that the Puerto Rican government, quote, waives any claim against contractor, that referring to Whitefish, (laughs) related to delayed completion of work. Oh, my God. So (laughs) they can't be audited. And they can't be held accountable for cost if overruns and delays. If it doesn't actually happen. That is but a sweetheart deal. But this is clearly deal. not corruption. <laughs> oh, clearly not. I don't know not. how you can possibly think that this oh is Oh, my God. I hadn't seen that. I hadn't seen that either. <laughs> that And that's real? I mean, that's not like, you know, this some is apparently satire or spoof that's... This is apparently a leaked uh, version Document. of the contract uh, obtained by the Daily Beast, which is, in fact, a reputable, a bit tabloidy, but they are a reputable okay. news organization. Enough. Reputable <laughs> enough for this, I guess. Yeah. So goodbye, Ryan Zinke, maybe? Because Trump will try and distance <laughs> himself from this in a heartbeat, right? It, well, <laughs> uh, well, because Trump's not getting any of the money. Yeah, probably. Yeah. I He'll th- probably be mad I didn't go to his company. Yeah. Just kidding. Well, yeah, uh, but so and who should have gone to? It should have gone to a great big. Well, it certainly grid. shouldn't have gone to a company that like just doesn't have the people. I mean, basically, yeah, like usually the, there's a financial well, there's assessment gotta, of well, there's got to be some kind of pass through because uh, basically all it means is like like Whitefish in order if, in order to even make make some kind of attempt at fulfilling this contract. They're going to be hiring all these other people. Right, it's just going to hire another company to do it. Well, yeah, and I think I saw that they had something where it was going to be like uh, $450 an hour for... uh, Linemen? For linemen and like... (laughs) I mean, it was something ridiculous uh, where they were going to have to, you know, because they have to hire these people and I'm sure they're going to end up taking, you know, a 
that that is what they're telling you know the government they're going to pay them but not necessarily what they're actually going to pay them well and they'll just set the rate till they get enough linemen to to go right they'll just yeah yeah they'll raise it till they get enough but what a what a way to basically um the vikings are here (laughs) yeah the vikings are at the now 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 (laughs) do not impugn the vikings (laughs) the vikings were a rich and cultured people who just happened to also occasionally raid and pillage but <laughs> they're still a sight better than these yeah. people well this is legal organized crime in my opinion this is tammany hall oh you yeah. know on steroids yeah yeah for the internet age well you know what yeah. thank goodness for the media that this popped out it didn't pop out right away because this thing's already signed i think i mean i think yeah. it's a done deal well, well i mean congress could... is getting cranky because their constituents are saying um, <laughs> yeah uh, yeah, and 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 Congress has got a lot of constituents be cranky about a lot of things. I mean, uh, I, so here's a question: If you're in Puerto Rico and you're a citizen of Puerto Rico, and then you come here, you mean I'm a citizen of the United States? Yes, yes. Mm-hmm. But you come here, can you vote in Massachusetts? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. If I'm, if I'm a U.S. citizen and I establish residence, I mean, I am a U.S. citizen. Yeah. I live in Massachusetts. Yeah. But if I move, if I move so to if Texas, if I move to Puerto if, Rico, could I not vote for president? Anymore? Correct. That's correct. Even though I, st- correct. I would have to have a Massachusetts vote. You'd have to ID. basically be claiming that Massachusetts was still your legal residence. So could Massachusetts take over Puerto Rico and solve this whole problem? Uh, <laughs> and next. I, and next. I want somebody to ask Charlie <laughs> Baker about this. <laughs> I, because uh, annexing the territory would, I think, they require an act of Congress to yeah. authorize. But just give them all citizenship in Massachusetts. They could immediately vote. Uh, I'm not sure that could – well, there there would be court challenges, I'm yeah. sure, and I don't know how that would shake anyway, out. So it would help uh, at least Western Mass because <laughs> basically we're just getting half of the island yeah, right, moving yeah. here, oh, I so mean, we'll which is totally, votes. to me, fine. But, yeah, that's um, good. We need the yeah. I'm know, actually I mean, really interested to see what the political – just in terms of movement of people and votes, what yeah. the political outcome of – because this guy – I think this is going to be a like a historic migration from the island. I, it, I on the order of what happened in the fifties and sixties right. when people emigrated or not emigrated but moved to the mainland for economic reasons. Economic like anyone who's seen West Side Story yeah. is familiar with this. Oh, yeah. Well, um, but yeah. so if 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 you know half a million people move from Puerto Rico to Florida, and they vote and they vote angry, right? Well, the thing is, is that actually um, it's interesting because a lot of people um, from Puerto Rico don't really have ties to Florida, which I always think is kind of interesting. They're much more concentrated in places like Holyoke and New York. York And um, so that's a really interesting dynamic, too, wherein with the Cubans, the Cubans mostly came straight across and went into Florida. But Puerto Ricans are much stronger, I think, up in the. Uh, northeast here, which is uh, right. kind of interesting. Uh, I understand that too, but my understand—I've heard that a bunch of people have been resettling in Florida just recently. I mean, I'm sure that that's the easiest thing to do at the moment. Yeah, yeah. 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 Well, very interesting. But what a horror story about this contract! And this is what we all talked about and were worried about a few weeks ago. And mm. here it is—a glaring. Well, it's example. what we were worried about before the election happened last November. Just like, oh, yeah, crony <laughs> yeah. capitalism gone amok. Yeah. yeah. And, but, and it's one of the things people, uh, one of the accusations leveled against Hillary Clinton. Of course. You know, that if, we, uh, that if we voted for Hillary Clinton, we'd get this kind of corrupt, dishonest, crony capitalism. And the hell of it is, they were right. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think it's also um, a little bit... Because they voted for her? Yeah. I, I think that there's also She a did problem. win the popular vote. 
Sorry, Stacey. It's okay. Uh, with <laughs> the idea of uh, Elon Musk and Google, we also have issues in that respect because, you know, Elon Musk has come in with uh, solar panels yep. and gotten hospitals back online. And this seems like a great humanitarian stroke. But the problem is, is that these companies are not humanitarians. <laughs> no, they're like most companies, they're, they're, they're not moral. I mean, they're just not. Doing well by doing good. <laughs> the old says, yeah. yeah. Yes. Yeah, and, um, and um, I think there are people that do a lot of good because they want to, but I do think companies, incorporated companies, usually from my perspective and my belief system is that they, they really are – you know, if they do good, it's usually to make sure that they have a good name so that their product continues to well, sell. Well, also, it's it's not moral. It's not a moral thing. Well, it's a amoral. The thing. just well, the justification for private enterprise and politics and things like that and capitalism. Part of the point is that when you let people innovate and whatnot, they come up with a better way to do it, and they make money because they've actually come up with something better. Yeah. Like they're making improvements, and. Um, yeah, and so therefore, of course, we, yeah. uh, you know, uh, uh, they, of course they make money because uh, they're, they're actually doing something that's better or improved or whatever, you know. Well, I think that um, another thing that comes up during the month of October, just as a small aside, uh, to talk about that sort of thing is, of course, that October is the uh, time of the year where pink washing uh becomes everywhere. Well, what's pink, pink washing, washing again? <laughs> pink washing is uh, corporations that uh, slap pink onto their products oh, for, for breast, breast cancer, cancer awareness. Uh, like greenwashing. Yep, got yep. it. And so, uh, you know, they donate a penny every time you buy, uh, you know, their product yep. that happens to be their pink Their $500 that month. juice squeezer. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god i think that's a mammogram no never mind i'm sorry that's a female joke oh <laughs> you also that's why i don't get it <laughs> <laughs> they well, have said that if men had mammograms they would be they would be no more they would be mris instead but yes uh -huh. yeah it's a miserable thing well the juice squeezer is actually a uh particular internet uh boondoggle but oh okay. um which you probably probably <laughs> i'm the only one who knows about that particular story. i don't remember the details but it was <laughs> mike just was definitely really embarrassingly stupid yeah it was like a 500 dollar juicer <laughs> and two cents went to yeah, yeah. Wow. affluenza problems it, it yeah. was bluetooth enabled yes like like, <laughs> like you can connect your juicer to the internet i mean like it's a thing that squeezes juice i don't <laughs> and apparently can can surf porn sites. So I mean, just, you know, I don't. I don't well, know. And why. it wasn't even squeezing actual fruit. You had to buy bags of fruit Pulp? that you then put into it. <laughs> and to like, squeeze. like, like, oh right, yeah, specially <laughs> branded, right? Yes, exactly. Like, like buying at the company store. Oh, like the bread oh, right. and, and, where you needed to buy the, the and and the, the heck mix. of it is, like, if you just like popped the opening and then squeezed it with your bare hands it that did a better job than actually putting the thing in and yes. using the $500 hydraulic press yes yeah anyways that is totally off topic but um yes pink washing Our specialty. is well, but Puerto um, Rico is going to get squeezed here clearly that yes. this is a this is the process and that, pink wash probably and pink wash well I just I don't to know go how, with the pink eye cases they're getting from dirty how water do you, how do you get a government especially if Puerto Rico's desperate because this was their own organization well, the problem signed on the line for this. Well, the problem is, is that uh, Puerto Rico has traditionally had 
a problem with government corruption. Um, my coworker is uh, Puerto Rican. Her father still lives in Puerto Rico. Um, is he his, okay? Are they okay? He's okay. Um, they live in the mountains, though, so um, they... They were self-reliant a little bit. Yeah, and her dad's a carpenter, so he can, you know, he's pretty self-reliant. But, um, you know, just a lot of things that have been going on there previous to the hurricane. Um, You know, corruption is pretty rampant in the government of Puerto Rico. You know, a lot of this can be, a lot of their problems can be traced to sort of corporate influence and, you know, Wall Street. But... The Wall Street was not doing it alone. the The government, the local was, government was in lining its pockets, and yeah, it's, it's a wonderful example of how uh, a colonial style administration, uh, colonial style government, can lead to promotes well corruption and mm-hmm. and dishonesty. I mean, because of the Jones the Jones Act leading to higher shipping costs to and from the island, um, and then uh, because. Uh, they're not a full state. Um, like, like basically, different congressional interests would uh, shape what happened there. But there wasn't really there, nobody on the island itself. Any of the people who lived there had any say on it because they didn't get to put anybody in Congress. At least not anybody who had any votes. So therefore, it didn't really matter. So there's a lot of outside control, but like you know, but like local effect. They should look at Catalan. Yeah, well, uh, and and that's also part of why it all you know went has, has become really problematic and whatnot. And the whole problem with the reason why they have like what is it seventy two billion dollars in debt is because uh, they were able to create sort of a sweetheart deal because Congress is like, well, well, you can issue bonds that aren't subject to any federal or state taxes, and if you don't tax them in Puerto Rico, then. Did yeah. you know the SEC has just um, put the out... Securities and Exchange Commission? Yeah, just put out a ruling, and it's going to be published in the Federal Register, and they're going to start to regulate bonds more closely. They've created a whole mechanism to do that. Good. I was surprised, because... Yeah. Yeah, it just happened. It's one of my footnotes here. Wait, <laughs> oh, that wait is there's going to be regulation yeah. well, that's, in that's this part administration? Of the of bonds is that they haven't been <laughs> Yeah, they're sort of regulated. secret black box. Sort of you know? yeah. yeah. So anyway, that just yeah. hit the press, and when it is published within 15 days the commission will be formed so well, it isn't published as, yet, assuming congress doesn't decide to to shoot that down mind. as they shot down the uh, consumer financial protection bureau's uh new uh, recent recently adopted rule to make it easier for people to sue banks when they feel they've been screwed over because the banking contracts prevented them from doing that and uh republican congress thanks to mike pence b- breaking the tie basically said nope that's fine yeah banks yeah. can take away your right to sue them in the middle of the night of course yeah <laughs> Oh, I'm depressed again. Why do why do I do this show? Um, <laughs> somebody's got to. <laughs> oh, but but it is indeed. We're approaching the time where we should uh, probably wrap up here. So um, we've got uh, civil civil politics. Yes, we are civil politics, <laughs> and we have we have subculture coming up uh, in just a couple of minutes here on Valley Free Radio. And also, I should mention uh, next week, I believe we're going to have uh, David Narkowitz, the mayor of Northampton, as our guest on the show. Uh, so hopefully, that will be interesting and informative, and educational and entertaining, and other good things. Um, so uh, that's all for now. Uh, thanks for listening. We'll be back with more next week. Uh, enjoy uh, subculture in a minute. And uh, that's all. Good night. This show is part of the Planetside Productions Network. For more information, episodes from our archives, and other projects, please visit 
www.planetside.pro and thank you for listening.